another season of change. I am Vactor. I'm here with Jeff W. Back from Chicago. Yeah, what's going on? So on this one, we're going to be talking about some comics, some Uncharted trailer, and the big review is going to be Dune. So before we get into that, just let you know, you can always find us on Twitter. I'm Vactor. Jeff is Jeff W. And our podcast is Seasons underscore podcast. It always helps us if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, which is where most people are listening, or if you have another podcast player that you like that has reviews, let everybody know, all your friends and family, that Jeff W. and Vactor are here changing all the seasons and talking about all the things they've been watching. And this week, this last week, we got a chance to see Dune, the 2021 Dune, because there was also a 1984 David Lynch version. We got a chance to see the brand new one. Jeff saw it on HBO Max. I saw it in IMAX with my wife, and we're going to talk all about it. So, wife, Jeff, I'm interrupting you. <laughs> tell our listeners, yeah, what is Dune? Oh man! <laughs> in one sentence, what is Dune? Boring. Uh, <laughs> are you mean one? Oh, I thought you meant one word. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, should In your I describe words. Dune? So Dune, uh, it's a novel <laughs> by Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, I guess to me, if I'm describing it to somebody in one yeah. like short sentence, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a book written by Frank Herbert, who is one of the most, uh, influential writer. This specifically, this book is one of the most influential pieces of sci-fi of all time. Yes. Um, uh, you know, it's about uh, what? What do we call it? a noble family, a, mm-hmm. uh, a high up family uh, who has a son who is taking over uh, this planet. Or, well, they were told to take care of this planet that produces spice. And uh, yeah, I don't even know. Should I spoil the rest? I guess if I well, do that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, we'll get into spoilers in a second. But the way that I describe it to people, like. Hey, yeah. what is Dune? Uh, I would just say Game of Thrones in space. That's basically what it oh, is. It's these two houses. Okay. They're warring. Um, they're trying to get control of this drug trade, basically. There's this drug in the universe, and it's the most valuable resource. It only grows on this one planet, and so everybody's trying to get control of it. Yeah, so that's a lot of political everything has like a political motivation behind it yeah. like the reason this family's taking over is there yeah mm-hmm. so a lot of politics yeah and that's what i thought you would enjoy mostly mm-hmm. cuz it's a political drama and then for me it's a sci-fi um epic yeah. basically and that's the things that i love so there's there's some religious themes in there as well and it's also set in the future but the interesting thing about this version of the future is, and this is not something that you and I see very often, there's no artificial intelligence in the future. They basically said there cannot be any computers that <laughs> think like a human. So there's, they yeah. outlawed AI. So what type of future is that, right? Like there's, there's personal shields that they have. There's flying um, uh, planes that have like butterfly wings or um, dragonfly wings. Magic so, boxes that control your mind or whatever. Right. Yeah. All of these things. How is that without AI? And there's actually a prequel series that's coming. Um, 
It's called Dune the Sisterhood, and it's going to be on HBO Max. We're not sure on the date yet, but <clears> it's supposed to be kind of how they rose to power, and and it's supposed to be dealing with a lot of the witches and kind of like magic and stuff. So I want to see that. I'm I'm actually interested because the same director, Denny Villeneuve, is going to be directing the pilot. So I want to see that coming up. But this movie right here... Wait a I, second, hold on a second, hold on a second. You mean Dennis? As a French man, <laughs> as a... as a You mean Dennis? <laughs> nat- native Frenchman, I pronounce it Denis. Uh, I want to say this movie has been anticipated for a great, a great number of years. And this is going back because people have said that this movie was... Or this book, like you said, it's based on a book from the 60s. The book was unfilmable. There was no way that you can adapt it into, you know, one movie. And David Lynch did it in that 1984 version that I talked about. I've only seen clips of that one. I actually tried to to start it. it, And Mm -hmm. it's, it's 1984 technology, 1984, like... There's a lot of stuff in there that has not aged well. If you thought this movie was boring, that one is like even even more boring. Um, yeah. It didn't do well with critics. It got like panned, but they, he tried to fit everything into that one movie. And this movie, the one that we saw, actually comes up the title card. It says part one, Dune part one. So it's like from the beginning, they're telling you, hey, there's going to be another part to this Um and they didn't film it back to back like Lord of the Rings yeah. or Back to the Future two and three. Yeah, and I was gonna so, say there is part two, but uh, and actually Dave Chen, I was listening to that the slash filmcast. Yeah, uh, that they did or the filmcast review mm-hmm. or the After Dark, um, and he made the point that that was not in the marketing <laughs> a lot. They yeah, heavily right. kept that. They get that out of the marketing a lot. Like they did not reveal because we uh, saw the trailer. Me and you, you know, going yeah. into this, we saw it. At, previous movies that we've been to i think even on running it up since, since since i got here basically yeah <laughs> because well, i got to actually, phoenix they've been running those trailers i think yeah right? <laughs> i don't know if you knew this the reason why this movie was done in 2019 and it was originally oh, supposed yeah. to be released november 2020 then it mm-hmm. got pushed back to december 2020 then it got pushed back to october 2021 and it was actually supposed to be where the the batman was originally supposed to be released. And then, finally, it got pushed back again three weeks to avoid No Time to Die. So this movie has been on the shelf for a while. But Denny Villeneuve, the director, he was saying, he's kind of like Nolan, where he's like, it can only be seen on a theater. Like, you have to see this in a theater. And he was upset the same way Nolan was. You know how Nolan, like, kind of left warner brothers yeah he's moving on to universal yeah yeah, because of the day and date hbo max in the theater same day he got offended by that denny villeneuve did too he's also kind of he came out and was kind of upset and almost he didn't i don't think he scorched the earth as much as nolan did but he also said some similar things that were not too kind to hbo max so what what do you think about that actually I, i don't think i've ever gotten your take on that you saw it on HBO Max. You were able to watch it because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the day and date, the same day in the theater and on at home? You know, I I like it. Um, 
And as much as it gives me more options, right? Yes. Like right. if I'm not looking at it from what a movie makes, like a business standpoint, mm-hmm. I like it because it gives me more options, um, right? You know, to to watch the movie. But I, I understand also, like, I, you know, I I do kind of want to see this in the theater uh, in a way because I just liked how much it like how how it looks so yeah. much that it would it, you know I imagine seeing it on a big screen must be nice as well. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I personally pr- would prefer it just to give me more options. Or if you don't do same day and date, you know, even, you know, hey, give it a couple weeks and then put it on HBO Max or, or do something. Because at, at a certain point, like, I don't, I don't know what the studies are, but like you've seen the movie box offices, like how, how rapidly they drop, you know, right. for movies. I wonder if, if, you know, even if you just slightly delay an HBO version. Um, yeah. If that and actually, I was going to get into the box office on this podcast as of recording this yeah. um it was it had a 165 million dollar budget it's made 223 million worldwide now it opened um earlier in other countries than it did in the US mm-hmm. but it had a nice opening day it was like 17 million and that's compared to if you want to put it in context his last movie was Blade Runner 2049 and that one opened to like 12 million so if you want to put it you know on par with his other other films, um, it did pretty well. I I haven't seen anything so far that was like, yes, this this box office guarantees a part two. We know we're getting it. But I've also kind of heard um, rumblings in the background of actors and producers in interviews, winking, nudging at the camera, like, well, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm free this day, and I, I think you know. It's very strong possibility we're going to get a number two. And it's like, if we don't get part two, do you think this part one will be a failure? Or do you think this was the the achievement that they did in this part one was so great that it was worth it, even if we don't get a part two? Um, No, I think you have to have a part two. I think, I don't know, do we want to, do we just want to talk about the ending? Um, Yeah, let's, um, for anyone... Yeah, anyone who hasn't seen it, we're gonna, after that. <laughs> we're gonna be doing spoilers. So if you haven't yeah. listened, skip ahead uh, to our comic talk. But I let's just say real quick before we do the spoilers, did you enjoy the movie? Yeah, I really, you know, I really enjoyed the movie. Actually, it's funny because I was, um, I haven't read Dune like you know word for word, but I, yeah, I know the story and right. I, and I know generally what's happening. And as I'm watching it. Like, you know, prior to doing it and preparing for this stuff, I had, you know, read a plot synopsis a little bit there, you know, just to see kind of where this thing was tracking a little bit, you know. Uh, And I had already read it, you know, years ago, so I knew about the Spice and, you know, the upcoming, uh, you know, triumph of of old Paul here. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so if we're going to talk about so first of all, yeah. I really like this movie. I think it look. I think it looks, yeah, amazing. That was the best part to me. Yeah, and I would say, you know, and I don't know if somebody's gonna get like, um, you know, what are the awards for like costume design? I don't know if there's yeah. like an official mm-hmm. award for that, but for me, this should almost be up there for it. I think I'm sure it will be. They they did such a good job to make yes. everything look cool. The um, what are the uh, the race of people with the blue eyes for uh, for uh, Fremen? The, Fremen, yes, yes. Um, I think all of their stuff looks so cool, and then just yeah, like those, explaining the suit, you know. What, well, what's crazy about that? Those yeah. suits are in Fortnite. 
I guess WB must have like some type of licensing deal with them because they've been doing WB characters for a while. Even you know, uh-huh. going back to Jason Momoa, Aquaman. Yeah, but yeah. Those suits, I ended up buying them in Fortnite because I like the way they look so much. You know, you know, what I like about that. You said what's crazy, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> it's, yeah, this I, it's is twenty twenty one. This is what we're <laughs> we're dealing with. Um, yeah. Fortnite has Dune characters, and it's Paul and. Uh, whatever Zendaya's name is in this, we yeah, barely uh, even see her. Uh, yeah, her. Yeah, I think. Well, I saw you put out an official number like under over a little over ten minutes max, Chani. I think, or something. Like Chani, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, barely, barely in the movie. Yeah. Um But uh, just a couple other thoughts. Yeah, I thought like this thing looks amazing. The yes. worm, the sandworm is, yeah. is like crazy. Like that was great on IMAX. So good. See, yeah, that's full uh, worm. Yeah, and that's what I miss. Um, you know, and like I said, just from the beginning, and then you know, I like so many of these actors. You know, yeah. too, it's like great just, cast, great yeah. cast. And I think, you know, it's funny when people were mentioning like, "Hey, man, like everybody's in this movie," but I like everybody. I like, you know, I like Batista, I like Zendaya, yes. I like Timothy Chalamet, I like all these guys: Jason Momoa, Josh yes. Brolin, Oscar. Oscar Isaac. They're all like, it's not like just, "Hey, man, like fucking," uh, you know. I'm trying to think of a stupid name, um, you know. Uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig's <laughs> in this movie too, or, or whoever. You know, yeah. it's like these are you know actually. Oh, Javier Bardem. I didn't even yes. know he was in the movie, and yes. I'm like, anytime that guy shows up, yes, I just love him in movies. He's so good to me. Yeah, and like he was perfect in this role. The spitting scene, yes. you know, yes. like they introduced. I was what every time. Scene. Yeah, yeah, you didn't see it with me. Every time Javier Bardem was on screen i was laughing because i was enjoying mm-hmm. his character so much and the mm-hmm. like you said that spitting scene every yeah. the all of his choices as an actor like what he did at, with the character i loved yeah. it so yeah he was great the whole time and anytime i see his face i'm like i just know this guy's gonna kill it you know what i mean yes. I just, i'm right. just i'm just so excited when i when i, see I haven't him, seen so. him in a bad role yeah that that also is like an aspect i think of this movie is like the, the cast was so huge i mean unless you look up an imdb you're gonna be surprised when you like when you run into characters on here. Yeah. Um well you know who was the biggest surprise to me was mm-hmm. David Dust Dustmalchin. Oh, Polka Dot Boy. Yes, right? Polka yeah, Dot Boy. Yeah. Which is funny because he was like he's been in so many he was in the Dark Knight. He was in like we saw him in Suicide Squad. And I was I was watching him on uh Twitter and he was talking about something like how lucky he was to be in all these different franchises. Yeah. Um so even though he didn't last very long, if, if Zendaya got ten minutes, he must have right. got three minutes of total yeah. screen time. Yeah, but he was good in in his role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to, to. Let's just talk like there's going to be a part two. I'm looking yeah. forward to the other house, seeing more from them, from Batista, from yeah. the the head guy, the the Baron, which mm-hmm. um, the Baron was played by Stellan Star- Skarsgård, and. I don't know if you know him. He was in um he was in Thor. He was yeah, his, his face is so recognizable. I couldn't name it, but yeah, I'm like, okay, this is a guy like in makeup that I know the face. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he was in Goodwill Hunting, he was in um Thor, Avengers, um, Age of Ultron. He's been in a, a ton of Marvel movies. And I think his son is a Skarsgard um yeah, he's, dang, this guy got eight kids. Yeah, he's an it or yeah, wasn't his one of the kids is, in it. Yeah. Right. His son is Pennywise. So yeah. uh I, I noticed him from his accent, and that was the the first thing that um threw me off. But mm-hmm. that original character in the eighty four one, which is one of those clips that I've seen, 
he's just like this grotesque fat man. He's got like boils on his face. Right. And it's more about him being gross than his, I think his Mm. character, which in this one, it was like, this guy's up to something. He's plotting. He's taking everybody out, making all these political moves, like, you know, taking all the chess pieces off the board, which that's what I loved about Game of Thrones. And that's what I loved about this too, is the, the houses and each one Mm -hmm. kind of making a play for it backstabbing things that are going well like all those things that you like about political dramas and intrigue and things i love that in this movie and Mm -hmm. probably in the book as well there's actually a comic that i want to read and it's um it was it's based on the prequels which is house atreides and that was written by his son um what's his name frank herbert's son wrote that so i'm Mm going to check out those comics as well um but yeah, just the whole thing I enjoyed from top to bottom. Hans Zimmer did the music, and I don't know if you know this. When we saw Tenet, I was like, dang, Hans Zimmer did not do the music for Tenet. He's done almost every Nolan movie. Why did he yeah. not do Tenet? Yeah, he's been all behind all his stuff, yeah. Yeah. What I found out was Hans Zimmer worked with Villeneuve on Blade Runner, and that's where mm-hmm. they kind of, um, I guess, formed their first relationship. But he was going to do Tenet, but he chose Dune instead because he had a personal love for the book. So he was... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he was going to do it, but then he changed over to Dune. Obviously, Tenet, we ended up getting uh, Mandalorian. Um, now I'm blanking on his name. But the score for this movie was fantastic. I was listening to the music the other day. Apple has it in that Dolby Atmos and it's like fantastic. There's there's got to be a great special feature on the on the uh, Blu-ray when it comes out. Yeah. But, um. And I was gonna say real quick though, just before yeah. I get okay. So let's say there isn't a sequel. The ending to this current movie. Yes. Right. I think was maybe the only thing that threw me off a little bit because you get to the the final fight scene where mm-hmm. Paul or Timothy Chalamet's character, you know, kind of proves himself. Yes. Uh, in front of a lot of people, you know, and right. uh, I think we should mention the um, the box scene probably here in a minute. But um, oh, yeah. Yes. Um, you know, the I think the end is just kind of just like you're like, oh, like like and, you know, like, like I said, me, Abrupt. I knew kind of what was happening. I'm like, OK, like clearly there's going to be like it, it does say part one. And, you know, like I already know what's what's about to happen here, you know, in, in a sense. Um, so yeah, but if you're going to this, you don't know any of that. You're going to be like, that was the end. Like this guy seemed like, this seemed like a very simplistic fight. Like no one got on any, no one rode that worm yet. (laughs) You know, like there's a, there's a lot, I think that if you don't know, or just ignorant of that, um, you just have, you're just waiting for the next movie kind of thing. You know, you just, there's a lot, um, I think left at the end of this that you want to see, yeah. Um, so I think if you're judging it like that, say there isn't a sequel, which we all know there's going to be more than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's obvious. I think it's greenlit. I think we had in our notes or something. I think I was reading. Um, you know, it, it. I think the end of this thing would kind of maybe throw some people off. But I, I, so I think you do have to head into this. You know, even if it doesn't happen, like hopeful for a second part, right? Yeah. And what I was doing when I was doing some research, I found out that. He got a two-picture deal, just like how It had the two-part deal. Okay. Um, and he actually said, I would not agree to make this adaptation of the book with one single movie. Dune was too complex 
with power and details that a single film would fail to capture. So I'm hoping that, you know, this happens. I got a little bit more details on the box office as well. It ended up being the highest Denny Villeneuve movie of all time, the highest um, HBO Max day and date of all time. And it looks like the total for the box office opening weekend was $41 million. And so I think that's pretty good for, you know, post-COVID. It's not like amazing numbers, but how was how was your audience? Like was it was it full? It was packed. Was it like? was full. Okay. That's the first time. Now you and I have seen a couple IMAXs in that theater. This yeah. one was packed. Like I was surprised. There was not an open seat in the house. Yeah. Usually we got and, a couple around us. Yeah. Yeah. We right. usually have a couple rows of empty mm-hmm. people. But at the end of this one, also, this is just to show you kind of the audience reaction. People applauded at the end. So I think there's going to be some good vibes coming from it, both critically and from the audience. So I'm, I, I'm pretty confident that we'll get a second one um, in this series. Oh, and I wanted to say real quick, a shout out to a coworker of mine, Lawrence, who when, after I saw the movie, he kind of gave me a lot of detail on the story. He's a big fan of the book. And oh, yeah the david lynch movie so he was filling me in on all this backstory i was like oh yeah 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 i want to see that in the next movie so it's the 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 biggest success of the movie for me was the world and the universe that they built and it kind of felt like the closest thing i can think of is like avatar where people wanted to go to pandora you know after they left the movie and there was this whole and star wars the same way People want to live in that universe. That's how I kind of felt with this Dune universe of, oh, there's these planets, there's these, you know, space travel, all of these different things are kind of cool, um, seeing all the different houses and and how the uh, the structure of everything is. So that was a success for me is that I wanted to live in that world longer and I want to immerse myself in these other things. So not only am I going to try to watch the 84 Dune um, just to give a little bit of context, uh, my buddy Lawrence also said you should watch it just to kind of see how they did it back in 84. So now that I'm a little bit more familiar with the story, I think I'm going to go back and watch it. Because when I tried to watch it the first time and I stopped, I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. There's these weird, there's a weird fat guy with boils on his face. I don't know anything that's going it, on. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Yeah. yeah. This one was a lot better. Like the he had a lot more spiked hair. I think in one of yeah, those close-ups. Sting is in it. Like, um, and and they're fighting in loincloths. Like these are all mm-hmm. things that I saw. Another thing, like I said, I want to read the comic. I want to watch the '84 movie. There's another one that um, for anybody who's into like how movies are made and you know behind the scenes stuff. There was a documentary which they actually reviewed on. Way back when the when they were the Slash film cast, like mm-hmm. this was like 2013, there was a documentary called Hodorowski's Dune, and it's all about how they attempted to try to make it in the 70s, mm-hmm. and it just never came together. So like it just failed. Oh, wow. yeah. So I'm interested because I remember them reviewing it, and I was like, I don't even know what Dune is back then. So now that I know it, now that I'm kind of familiar with the world, I'm going to try to watch that as well as the 84 one, and then try to read the comic. And then, I'm like I said, I'm interested in the prequel that's coming up, the TV series on HBO Max, which 
Also, that is, by the way, HBO Max is like knocking it out of the park. They got that Peacemaker show coming out. Um, yeah, the they're, they're building Lord. off their franchises the proper yeah. way. Yeah, I, I like to see them do that. Yeah. yeah, some really good stuff that's coming from mm-hmm. HBO Max. But oh, so we mentioned the I saw it in IMAX. It when I came home, I I turned it on HBO Max just to kind of get a little quick comparison, and it does kind of feel like they cut off half the picture, like you know the the sides and and the top and the bottom when you're seeing it in IMAX and you're seeing it at that full length, it's like, you're not going to get that same experience at home. So I would, if anybody's curious, I would say it is worth it to see it in IMAX. Um, I'd also be curious to see it in Dolby. Like we saw bond, see it with the H HDR. Yeah. And how was, how was your sound in our, the theater we go to, is no like me and you talk about how loud it is yeah. at times. And I even felt like maybe I should wear earplugs into this thing next time yeah. so that I can, you know, it doesn't blow my ears out and maybe I'll yep. capture more nuance in the in the sound. And uh, Jeff Kanata on also on the you know the film cast uh, will just keep plugging it, <laughs> but uh, he mentioned that same thing too where he had a theater that just not did not have the sound correct, uh, and then he brought he came home watched it. Uh, and he could pick up on like nuances. Um, yeah, I don't have a comparison for it, but I but that was very curious to me because me and you have that weird experience with that theater where you sometimes you go in there and you're just like, or every time we go in there, we just know like, hey, this is gonna be loud, you know, like we, right. we know it's gonna be uh, peaking on some of this volume, yeah. you know. This one was no different; it was the exact same. So mm-hmm. it's it's not the movies. I think it's just that theater, the way they they do their audio. But yeah. it was the same way. My wife and I both were covering, like, plugging our ears on certain mm-hmm. parts because it's just, like, not balanced to the point where everything peaks and, and lowers. It's like, just keep it all steady, you know? I, I don't need yeah. to be my eardrums blown out, you know, to enjoy the movie. But other than that, other than – and it's, that's just par for the course when we see it in that IMAX theater that we go to, which is the largest IMAX theater in Arizona – um, so you're kind of trading off the picture's yeah. great, but the sound is a little bit, um, just a little bit too loud. But yeah. one scene that kind of took advantage of that was that pain box scene, which mm-hmm. is the gum Jabbar scene. That one I think is, was one of my highlights of the film. Actually, like I said, my, um, my buddy Lawrence at work was, was, uh, talking to me as soon as I, I went back to work the next day. One of the he asked me, "What are your favorite moments in the movie?" One of them was that pain box scene, and I was watching an interview with uh, Denny Villeneuve, the director, and he was saying when he saw Timothy Chalamet do that scene, he was like, "I know I picked the right guy." This was his performance. Like, there's very little CGI. There's very little. It's basically just a close up of his face, and And he's just emoting. Moment, Yeah. yeah, right. Do, you, so, do we know does the does the old movie handle that any differently, or do they just show, or that, does it even do it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure it is in there, um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not sure. I did see a couple, like I said, clips of the movie and what's to come after the part that that we ended on in in our film, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh man, yeah, watching a guy riding a sandworm in 1984 yeah. is. <laughs> Just not the same as as watching it in 2021. Yeah. Let's just put it what that I, way. What I think we're about to get. Yeah. yeah. And uh, real quick, there is uh, the scene. I just looked it up while we were 
doggy. But this it looks like in this eighty four movie in the clip that I'm looking at, like they're going a little more graphic. Like they're showing his hand like burning here in a sense. Oh, Not okay. literally, but I think like in his head, like they're conveying yeah, right. the, the pain that's happening yes. here where yeah, I thought that was a you know, that that's just like an interesting piece of world building, I think, too. Yes. Like just from that, like obviously an interesting scene, but like, hey man, like what the fuck is this shit? Like yeah. who does this, you know? Or, or like, why do you like? You know, how do you order this up? You know, they door dash yeah. that shit in, <laughs> and threw his hand in the box really quick. And you're like, well, hey, you know, like, all right, I guess. Um, you know, so yeah, I would be interested to see or to hear what he thinks too. Um, having having been such a fan of it, um, of this new uh, and the old one too. Uh, yeah, actually, I did ask him, and he watched it on HBO Max, and he said he he enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> overall and and he wants to see the the second part also i do want to say lawrence is a listener now of seasons change so shout out lawrence for uh being a a new listener to our podcast and also helping me fill in some of the blanks on the whole dune universe like i said he he's read like every book he knows the like the whole universe um front and back so he was a a wealth of knowledge so i, I gotta give him a yeah. shout out again oh yeah good to, to pick his brain on this yeah. one yeah oh the other um besides that pain box scene the other one that i really liked was kind of the invasion scene where mm-hmm. where they just kind of the whole house was destroyed oh um, yeah 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 mm-hmm. that whole scene was was um epic to me and and it also felt like this is something that you know i can't I can only get at the movies, this big epic scale of how big this movie is. That yeah. was another thing that I, I just enjoyed overall um, mm-hmm. for the whole, yeah. you know, the whole thing, the whole experience. Yeah, and I was going to say, yeah, just a, just a couple other things I, I think we hadn't mentioned before yeah. um, that I did like how they handled that. Um, I like the, obviously anything with the worm in it. I think the reasoning behind that, though, it adds a lot of scale, I think, to this movie. Like, you see a lot of these rooms they're like really big rooms, right? Like, and I think giving me the shots of the worm, you know what I mean? I think it helps give the world a little bit of scale and you're just like, okay, like this is massive. Um, and stuff like that. So I've, I really liked those shots in the movies, you know, whenever they would show the sand dunes, when they're flying over in that, like, it looks like a, I don't even know what that is. Like a wasp kind of, uh, ship. Did you, you know what I'm oh, talking about? Um, they're going to look at the extractor, the spice extractor. They're in those machines, and it, it's zooming out over the, you know, the dunes and stuff. Right. Um, the you one know, those, that they're flying? Those, yeah, yeah, the one that yeah. they're flying. Kind of like a dragonfly. It was funny. I was walking was. into work, yes. and there yes. was a dragonfly. I was like, oh, it looks like mm-hmm. the ship from Dune. He's like, it's like Dune, man. I yeah. love Dune. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just like the way this movie looks, I guess, is maybe what I'm what I'm getting at. But those scenes in particular, I just love. I'm like... I'm like, this is what you could put like on a wall or whatever. Like, this is what yes. you could take a picture of, you know, or this is what could be on a poster. Um, that looks great. And I like that they establish, like, you know, this world is like, hey, man, like, this is not for humans. Like, this is not right. going to be the desert. We're not partying. Like, this yeah. is not, you know, you're not going to be happy here. Like, this right. is, this is hell. Um, so you're not starting off in this, like, you know, fanciful you know the right. pretty world that you know everybody wants to live on like now nah, this is you know this is pure craziness yeah yeah so yeah overall i think we enjoyed dune and we want to see what's what's up next and i might report back you know when the prequel series comes out we'll probably watch it and then yep. when i read the comic um we might talk about that as well so probably some more dune in our future 
Um, but also in our future is the Uncharted trailer. So the big news this week, or the big geek news, was the Uncharted trailer dropped. And I saw it on the PlayStation YouTube account, and we'll link it in the show notes. But this is a, a movie that has been long in production. So long, in fact, the actor that is playing Sully, Mark Wahlberg, was yeah. originally cast as Drake. And it that's how long it's was been. Was he? Didn't they have Nathan yeah. Fillion doing this at some point too? Like wasn't he that was like just attached to like, it or just rumored or just like Yeah, that was just fan casting. Mm-hmm. And he's he aged out of the part because like back then, yeah, that was like when Firefly was on. That's how long mm-hmm. ago it was. I mean, it was literally when the first game came out, the first Uncharted. Yeah. So that's how long like the movie has been in development. Mark Wahlberg was young enough to play Drake, and now he's aged out to play Sully. Yeah. yeah. So you and I have both beat all the games, right? Right. So I've beat. I haven't. I never finished the first one because I didn't play it until the remaster, and it just didn't oh. look that good. Like that game, oh. in retrospect, just does not look great. I played two because two was the. Remember how big two was? Two was like. That was like, I, in my opinion, the one that put it on the map, really, you know, because well, that was the one that was, was like winning game of the year and stuff. Yeah. Well, that was also because the first one was like one of the few Sony exclusives on, that was a PS2, right? No, nah, it was Man. three. All of those have been three, I no, think, the, right? The very first one was, was PS3? I think so. Yeah. I Dang. thought so. I want to Well, anyways, at the time when that first one came out, I think it was like the only playstation exclusive that mm-hmm. like when you looked at it oh okay this is the sony game like just like halo was like all right this is the xbox game so yeah. i think the popularity of that first one is what led to the second one first of all building up hype and then when it was released and it was so good mm-hmm. i think yeah. that's what happened but for me i think to this day and i think i've told you this before the second game has the best opening level of any game i've ever played in my life and if I'm recalling, because I've done, I did, we'll get to those in a second, but that's the one with the train yes. opening in the snow level, yes. right? If I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I think that is just like a master class of game design, level design. Yeah. And you're telling the story as mm-hmm. you're like, anyways, Uncharted yeah. 2 is great. I was going to say, so yeah, it is, it is PS3 was when the first Uncharted came out. That was 07. Second one came out in 09. And, um, I just remember also that that second one, like pushing the ground, you know what I mean? Like it was getting 10 out of 10s for like almost across the board. Um, and I find the gameplay on those games to be a little boring for me. Yeah. Uh, but, and obviously I don't think people go to it for that really. Like you're not going into that game for the shooting. I think that's why the multiplayer in the later games or whatever just wasn't that great. Right. Um, you know, just didn't get praised a lot just cause it's not, that's not what it's there for. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess just our history with it. I mean, like I've done the second one. I don't remember the three, to be honest with you. Four is when spoiler is he is his brother. Yes. Is present Which, in that one, right? Yes. And that kind of leads into the trailer. Um, he yeah. mentions his brother, which yeah. if you're for us as the game players, we didn't hear about his brother until the fourth game. So like, the whole yeah. time we never knew he had a brother. Mm-hmm. They're starting out from this first movie saying yeah. he's got a brother. So I think, and I was telling my wife, 
who also she's actually beaten every single game. This is one of her mm-hmm. favorite series out yeah. of all like Assassin's Creed, Uncharted. Um, actually, those are probably her big two is Assassin's Creed and Uncharted. So mm-hmm. I turned to her and I said, oh, they're doing it from the start. And I bet you they're trying to set up a trilogy. Maybe the brother either appears in the next one or the third one. But just mentioning his name, that he exists, um, probably has... They might even end this movie with showing the brother. Yeah, I don't but know that's where... What I don't know where they take it, but yeah, they, they laid the groundwork for it. Right. Um, So we both, we're both big fans of uncharted. Yeah. So what did you think about, and like I said, this has been in development for years, long time. We've been hearing about it in the background. And just real quick with the tag on the Nathan, didn't he play his brother? Isn't that what Nathan Fillion ended up doing? Playing the brother in that? Cause wasn't it? Oh, in the game. Yeah. No. In the game? Was so, it the voice? Who was that? Or was it Troy Baker? That was Troy maybe? Baker. Yeah. But, okay. Um, Nathan Fillion, I think what you're thinking of, there yeah. was actually like a fan film where mm-hmm. he played Drake. I'm going to try to look that up. But that's yeah. what it was. That's what you're thinking of. Um, but yeah, yeah, Nathan Fillion, for mm-hmm. a long time, people wanted him to be Drake. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Like, he just looked like him. I would assume they probably based that character off him a little bit, at least, you know, just yeah. from how, how you know, similar it's funny. Looks. I just, as I'm trying to look up this Uncharted film, mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion is trending on Twitter as fans are reacting to the Uncharted trailer. So I guess people still want Nathan Fillion to play. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Dang, so- there's even, there's a deep fake. Yeah, I was about to Nathan say I'm looking Fillion. at a deep fake. Yeah, right Nathan now. Nathan Fillion's face on uh, uh, Drake, but yeah, um, I I think this has been in the back of my mind, like one of my most anticipated because I love the Uncharted games so much. So when this trailer dropped, I was like, "Yeah, let's go!" I yeah. overall enjoyed it, but as a fan of the games. There are a lot of things that are lacking for me in this trailer. And I'll say Tom Holland's age, I think, is one thing. I, I feel like when yeah. I look at him, he just looks too young to be Drake. That was a that was my first reaction when I turned to my wife and said, he's too young. Yeah. Like, he looks way too young. But, again, I think they want to do a trilogy. So if you think about how old is he going to be after three movies, yeah, they that's what they're into him. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. they're looking at. And it's funny because I, I and it's something we talked about before this. I hinted at it earlier today when we when the trailer went live. I was like, he looks like he's fifteen, but if you let him, if he was like a couple years older, you know what I mean? Like if he was, or if he just looked like it, you know, like I feel like, you know, it would be he would he would be fine, you know what I mean? But he just is just a a little bit young looking to me. Like it looks like he's still in high school. I think that's why yeah. the, the Spider Man, you know, or Peter Parker character plays so well for him. Uh, or, you know, in the fans' eyes, or at least in our eyes, I think, you know, that he looks like age appropriate. But in here, he's a little bit, you know, under age, I think. And I don't know. I wonder if they added like a beard or something. You know, I don't know what they could have done to make this look better. Um, but he looks a little young. I will say the action. Um, I The trailer is pretty long. It's like two minutes plus. It's two, almost three minutes. Yeah. Long. It's not a teaser. Like, yeah. This, it, it, it seems like it's a full trailer. Yeah, and they show a lot of footage. This looks very like action packed. It looks like they're going for those moments that the games have. You know, the uh, the big cargo plane and, and flying out of that. You know, looks 
looks amazing. Um, yeah. Or looks cool. That looks I, straight I'm, out of the game. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm super excited for that. Especially, you know, we talked about coming off Bond a couple weeks ago, last week, whatever that was. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm down for this kind of movie, uh, and I think this can fill that that void a little bit too. Um, I thought it was. I also thought the humor was good. The uh, yes, the Irish and accent. I was like, that's also what I want too. I don't want them to, you know, essential Drake. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't have a uncharted film without having the humor because that's what we love about the game, and that's what we love about Nolan North who plays Drake in the games. I think that's what kind of made him, that's what put him on the map was Uncharted. And now he's like one of the most well-known voice actors in all the video games. Um, but his portrayal of Drake is what I think endears him to you and the humor of Drake, just his personality. And Nathan Fillion has a lot of those same characteristics, which is why a lot of people wanted him to play him in the live action but I did see those glimpses in the trailer, at least. So we know there's going to be some type of humor in it. There's going to be some yeah. type of Drake-isms. So I like that. And like you said, mm-hmm. the action looks like it's going to be similar to the game. So yeah, and uh, I, I, I think it's a success thing. overall. Yeah, what is it, is it, just to add on to the because I'm just looking at the trailer over and over again. Just while we're talking about it and trying to notice any other things. It's going to be weird to have a like they're putting the PlayStation logo on this thing. Right. Like, oh, so they're not putting just Sony. Like, if you go look at this trailer, like I think it's uh probably the beginning here or at the end, wherever it is. I just saw the PlayStation logo pop up, and I don't oh. think have they done that. Have they put an Xbox or I'm sure like maybe do you think Sega was that in Sonic? Do you recall? Dang, I don't think so. Because I feel like it's pretty rare that they put you know, like how often do you see one like like Nintendo doesn't have that in a lot of things right, right? like they don't have a lot right. of movies in general but well you don't coming see up it. this Chris Pratt Mario movie mm-hmm. but I think yeah. the only other thing I can think of is like there was a Ratchet and Clank movie that came out a couple of years ago it was animated mm-hmm. but I think that's the only thing I can think of that maybe had a PlayStation logo on it or had a Sony like Sony not Sony film but Sony yeah. game studio or whatever. So that'll be interesting to see it like that. But and, and Sully to me, if I'm oh, yeah, just, yeah, he's talking about Sully. He he looks older in the thing, right? Like he's supposed to be in the game or in the in the, in in the, the game. I'm trying to remember. Yes, Doesn't he he's have, older he's in the game? Older in the game. Like he's yes. He's got like, like gray he's hair. Clearly, a, like a father figure yes, kind of guy. Yes, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. But Drake is older too, so that was kind of like, I guess maybe the difference in age between. Yeah. Tom Hardy and or Tom Holland and um, uh, Wahlberg is probably similar, but overall, like I think there was one shot where Wahlberg's like his arm is showing, and it's like, dang, yeah. this don't look like Sully because Sully's overweight. Yeah, um, yeah. But do you think do you think they give him a handlebar mustache? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> a lot of people were like, that. That was one of the reactions I saw on Twitter was, he's got to have a mustache. He's got to have a mustache. I don't know if Mark Wahlberg wants to do that, but yeah. another another reaction I saw on Twitter was like, "Oh, they'll just do the um, the Superman, Superman. Yeah, yeah, the digital mustache." But yeah, I just I don't think they're gonna do that. I, I think, think they're gonna leave it. Yeah, I, was say, I think Michael Bay might be you know need him for Transformers Ten, uh, so maybe we won't get a, a mustache. Yeah, pain and gain too. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah. you know, I you know I do 
and I'm not a Mark Wahlberg guy. Like I don't, I'm, I couldn't, I wouldn't say I like any of his movies. Like you know, like that. I'm, I'm not saying I dislike any of them. I just really just don't know because I just don't care that much about him. He might be good in this. Like I think, um, you know, the trailer is very promising. I will say. Yeah, hopefully they will continue to build upon this. I think they did an okay job for the trailer for the initial. Yeah. Like, this is the first time we're seeing anything live action for Uncharted. And there was, was there anything, because when I, when I saw this morning when we were talking, I, was there anything that was leading up to this where they were, because it's in February, like it's not even that far away. And I was like, yeah. I haven't seen, like, you know, normally like rumors will ramp up, you know, stuff like that. And I guess, I don't know, I just hadn't seen anything that if this was even like close, but well, maybe I missed it. Yeah, I've just been seeing when they were shooting it. So they there was pictures that leaked of Tom Holland in the Drake costume, which we saw in the trailer, like the the Henley with the um, yeah. the gun holsters. Like that's yeah. like classic Drake. So yeah. that's what they leaked online, or or people were were taking pictures online. I, other than that, that was the only thing I saw was hey, they're filming it. Look, it's real yeah, because yeah. it had been delayed so many times. It had been pushed mm-hmm. back. So that was the only thing that I saw. But yeah, I think both of us are, are going to see this when it comes out in February. Yeah. And we'll talk about it here on Seasons Change. Yeah, this will be a must watch. Yep. So now let's talk about some comics. Now, for a while. It's been a minute, it's been a minute since the comics for us on here, yeah. I think. And right. it's also been a minute since you talked about your journey through the Star Wars comics, which I've been um, very happy to see some progress on. You yeah. read the first two volumes of Star Wars Darth Vader. The this first is the, run. This yeah. is the 2015 Star Wars Darth Vader is the title. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the you're finishing up this run. So, yeah. volumes three and volume four. Mm-hmm. So, just give us your overall impressions of the second half of yeah. Star Wars Darth Vader. Yeah, and this this run is only four volumes, right? I think yes, we're talking about that. It's these four volumes, you know. Basically, in you know, the entire twenty twenty five total issues. Yeah, and you yes. know, and I think now having read all of them, and I read, and I, you know, we were preparing, but we ran, I think, over on time last week. We just had so yeah. much to talk about other stuff. Right. Um, I was reading these last week, and it's funny. I was, I was preparing for this, and I was going back, and I'm like, man, like that third volume is like, I remember what's happening here when I'm reading like synopsises for issues, but I'm just like, man, like I don't remember like character names uh, yeah. and stuff like that, but it is, it's definitely solid. I will say the fourth volume pays off a lot for me when they finally wrap the story up and is, um, it's, uh, it's Afra, right. Is the name, yes. uh, of yes. the female, uh, that is Dr. You know, Afra. Yeah. Dr. Afra is going around the story. Anything with her, to me is interesting in these books. And I think you said they have a spinoff of yes. her, of yes. her own stuff Because as well. she was so popular, yeah. they gave her her own book, which now has two, two separate runs. Like they yeah. ended the first run and then started a new one, which I'm behind on. So I need to get caught up on, but the first one was great. So if you liked her in invader, you will like her mm-hmm. solo stuff. Yeah. And another thing is, She's become popular among the fans. I've seen a lot of cosplays. It's like an easy cosplay. Oh, really? You know, okay. To do her. So she's actually been um, getting a lot of kind of promotion. And, and I, I can't wait to see her in, in a live action in Mandalorian or something. You know, we, I think we're going to see a live action Dr. Afra at some point. She, she's too popular. 
Yeah. Yeah. So any, anything with her. And I think, you know, for me, it was mostly because it was pushing the plot along. Like I felt like there was progress happening. Cause I think, and this is the thing that we talked about, um, you know, for all of these is that I know where this, this has to circle back around. Right. Like, like, you know, they're not going to kill the emperor yeah. <laughs> in these books, you know? What yeah. I mean? So syncing up with the movies. And, and so there is a bit of that weight, um, on it. So I, I, you know, that kind of lessens the enjoyment, I think overall for me, just because it, it can't be shocking. It can't be that surprising. Vader's not dying in these books, you know, Vader, you know, but I, but I do think where I gain, um, a little insight or where, uh, you know, the, the reasons I do like it is because it does give me at least context to stuff. It doesn't, it fills out like his character. Like, I don't feel like I'm looking at a guy that was only had a relationship with the emperor and nobody else. Like you see the politicking he's going through in this. And then, you know, the cruelty uh, that he still has, you know, I think like, like we were talking about the other day, like the end of the, the final book, he kicks uh, Dr. Avra into the into space basically kicks her off of the ship uh and puts her into space i won't spoil what happens after that but you know like he just did it pretty cold-bloodedly like you know he was you know had promised her that he would you know and she's begging for that you know the hey you promised me you would it would be quick you know you're not gonna kill me like this uh and he still does it uh so that stuff is super interesting to me and then also the fourth volume i feel like you finally get back to tying in around that end with the secret apprentice that he had you know with vader the emperor meaning he um uh the guy with the one eye, i can't remember the name like i said i read it last week and the name starts slipping um but uh you know I, that that fourth volume to me is is really worth it um i'd say you know obviously they're all good they're not very long reads like this is not going to take you forever to get through either you know um so i just think it's definitely worth it and i'm i'm actually interested to see what they did to reboot this or to reboot that's like what like what timeline are they filling in on that second run right like because i'm trying, yeah, to, think I'm trying of, to think you're gonna run out of time where you can fill in his gaps right like in the yeah. story like you're gonna eventually run out like he can't be doing all of this you know every single day right like at some point yeah. you have to, you're gonna have trouble finding a gap in that story i feel like well there is like almost like a 20 or 30 year gap between episodes three and four so uh-huh. there there is a little bit of time to play around with okay but i think what you said is exactly the goal of these books is to get to fill in the backstory or what you didn't see on screen. Yeah. And to me, that's the draw and that's what makes these books interesting. And that's why I wanted you to read them because what you see in the movies is not the end of all of these characters. Like there's so much that's been done in the background or been done in the extended universe that I think the, the comics in particular have been doing some fantastic stuff for Star yeah. Wars. So and I, I'll just say real quick, for me, the, the reason I love Dr. Aphra is her droids, Triple Zero and BT. Yeah, the evil, the, killer, the evil droids. Yeah, yeah are, the killer R2 and 3PO. Are, are, yeah, they're pretty great. And like yeah. we talked about uh, the involvement and the ending, uh, which yeah. I won't. I won't spoil everything about it, but yeah, like just even then you're like, okay, like this, you know, this comes back and you know, there's a great moment. Um, there's just, yeah, that, that, the whole, the last few issues of this, when they're finally wrapping up, like, I think, you know, you could debate what the, 
you know, the journey is worth to that point, but the payoff, I feel like at the end of these, these volumes is really worth it. Um, you know, it's cool to just see Vader do things too. Cause like you think about the movies, like, you know, it leaves a little bit to be desired. Like that's why people loved the, um, the rogue one, you know, moment, yes. right. The Vader right. moment where you're like, okay, now you're seeing this guy do this stuff. It's not just him talking, you know, or like doing a force thing. Like he's doing more, like you get to see more of that, which I thought was interesting. Um, and that's kind of like been like mostly my enjoyment of it is just filling in that context and then actually seeing them. It's the same thing with like if, and what makes me want to read other arcs there is because I want to see them do that thing. That's why we like Luke, you know, in Mandalorian because you finally see that you don't ever see that, you know? Yeah. And that's what, you know, as a star Wars fan, that's what gets me excited is seeing stuff that we didn't see in the movies because the universe is so big. And we talked about this before. It's not just the Skywalkers. It's not just one family. There's a ton of stuff that's going on. But if you like Vader in particular, I I don't think this can be topped. Like the the stuff that's going on in this. And these Mm -hmm. ones were written by uh, Kieran Gillen, who's a great comic book writer. If you like music, actually, Jeff, I would recommend to you Phonogram which mm-hmm. he did with Jamie McKelvey. And it's like, it's, um, what was that Jack Black record? Um, high Fidelity. It's almost like, oh, like a okay. High Fidelity. Yeah. Like, if you're into music, it's like mm-hmm. right up your alley. So Phonogram okay. is uh, something that he did that I would recommend. The Wicked and the Divine, he mm-hmm. also did with Jamie McKelvey. Um, Kieran Gillen knocking it out of the park. on The Wicked and the Divine is like, if gods were real in today's universe or in today's like mm-hmm. world, they would be rock stars. And that's the premise. So okay. all of them have powers, but they're like obsessed with fame and, and trying to get people's mm-hmm. worship and attention. So yeah. I, I'm not finished with it, but everything I've read on Wicked and Divine is, is fantastic. And then he's done stuff on X-Men. He's done stuff on Iron Man. So he's one of the best, guys and he actually wrote the dr Afford book as well okay so yeah and then just a, i guess as a, a quick thing before we wrap up that discussion is so if you so there's other there's like a million star wars books now i think it's the problem that you're going to run into like if you're looking into these comics right right so like you know just off the top of your head what other run like if you had to pick like two or three or even one like what? Which ones for would you? Be like, hey, I would read this arc. Or for you, or, or in for like anybody in general. In general yeah. I would say if you're not going to do anything, like if you want to narrow it down to just one, do mm-hmm. just the main Star Wars book. It's just called okay. Star Wars. Okay. Um, if you for you, I would say keep going with that next Vader one with the mm-hmm. um, which I think is called like Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, and that yeah. stuff gets into a lot of his um, trying to bring Padme back. So he did a lot of like dark arts and mm-hmm. trying to um that was in the 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 VR game too. You played the VR game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of that stuff like him going to Mustafar, going to his castle, yeah. trying to bring her back. A lot of mm-hmm. that stuff is in the um Dark Lord of the Sith. So I that one is is fantastic also. So that's where I would say to go next. And then from there, like I got a ton of recommendations, but just to keep it simple, the main yeah. Star Wars book and then these Vader books um, yeah. I think as we uh, progress on this podcast, mm-hmm. I'll yeah. keep on going with you. I'll keep telling you because there's some Darth Maul books that I think you'd like. Mm-hmm. There's the Afra books. 
Um, right now, currently what's going on, just to give you a, a little like flash forward, they're in the old Republic era in the current um, initiative that's going on right now, and it's called the High Republic, and it's a thousand years before all the Skywalker stuff, but it's when the Jedi are at the height of their power, like they're... There's thousands of them across the galaxy, and they're they're just you know taking they're they they're protecting everybody in the galaxy, but that's the current stuff, the High Republic, which I need to get caught up on. Yeah. But there's novels and there's comics. There's a whole line of stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, so and, High Republic is what's going on currently in Star Wars. Yes, and if I that's what I just want you to know, just a couple. Yeah, because if I let you go, you won't stop. Oh yeah. I you will won't. continue yeah. for the rest of this podcast. I'll keep going so much that you'll just keep, you know, recommending but the books. I'm glad that Jeff is actually listening and reading these things because I think they're worth it. Even, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, because there's still good writing and, and mm. uh, good art on all of these books. And that's the other thing. Marvel yeah. has like the bank to say, mm-hmm. all right, Best writer, put him on there. Best artist, put him on that book. Yeah. Like they can just open up the bag and say, anybody want to come work for us? Do the Star yeah. Wars. And plus, Star Wars, like people, you know, all these guys grew up on Star Wars. So it's like their mm-hmm. dream to write in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So, and I was going to say the covers those. for these. Oh, yeah. Are all great. Yeah. Yes. Like just if you just ignored everything else, I mean, the covers are cool. They have, they have that, they strike that like, um, that eighties movie poster or seventies movie, yeah, whatever, you know, I, they, they, they that old poster. Yeah. yeah. So I've been, I've been enjoying all of those too as well. Yeah, This just makes me want to like, I'm behind on a bunch of these. So it makes me want to get back into the, mm-hmm. the star Wars comics, but something that I've also been getting caught up on was the nice house on the lake, which originally was brought to my attention by one of, our favorite creators that's currently working, Damon Lindelof, on his Instagram. He posted about it. And I had no idea. This was completely under my radar. Um, Five issues had come out um, since June. And basically, the whole premise is there's a house on the lake. A bunch of people are gathered together by their friend who they've known like all their life or almost all their life from high school to college gathers them up in a lake and says, Hey, let's have, you know, I haven't seen you a while. Let's have a nice vacation. And then you come to find out he basically orchestrated the end of the world and he wanted everybody that he liked to be in the same spot. And he's like, all right, I'm going to provide for you no matter what you need, food, you know, entertainment, anything you need, I will continue to give it to you, but you can never leave this house again. Everybody yeah. you know is dead. Everything is gone. Uh, keep living it on in this nice house on the lake. And that's yeah. it. That's the, that's the end of the first issue. And then it goes from there. Yeah. So you also read all five issues that are currently out. And we have issue six coming out very shortly. And then that's going to... Um, be their their stopping point they're going to take a five-month hiatus and come back after issue six and then the total is going to be a 12 issue run so they're splitting it up into six and six um and i forgot to mention it's james tinian the fourth who is a he's like a big batman guy like in the batman world he's one of the best 
writers that they um he's up there with snyder i would say like so that, is that how this is on dc <laughs> probably yeah and this is also um dc black label which is i think it's vertigo is no longer so it's what used yeah. to be vertigo is now kind of black label which is like there's cursing there's mm-hmm. sex there's blood killing and stuff so this yeah. is kind of like their adult label yeah so what did you think about the nice house on the lake you know it's funny i if i knew more about horror movies i could probably find so you could you could probably point out the the horror movie tropes within this you know like a little bit of like you know you've seen the movie where all oh, these strangers are in a room now uh, or not strangers but like some people know each other but they don't reveal it like right away you know or like some people are just brand new to the group uh and there's you know there's a lot of you know good mystery um and i guess if you don't want spoilers we'll just you know just stop here or fast forward but um yeah i I think it's it's super strong um i think there's a lot of like mystery here that's keeping me intrigued i think when you when you send me that thing when damon lindelof talks about how much he likes something you know i know some people debate lost and they don't like his opinion or whatever but watchman has redeemed him for, (laughs) for me and uh so i immediately was you know took interest um i think this thing is like it's one of the better comics I've read in a long time. Um, to be honest, I just, it, it like the suspense is there. It's not, um, like the, the writing isn't corny. Like I don't like I'm, I'm engaged with it, you know, which is, you know, a huge thing for me, just being able to read the words that they're writing, you know, regardless of art and all that stuff and just, you know, maintain my focus and not have me like, you know, lose focus with some stupid writing that happens here or there. Um, so there's none of that, and uh yeah i mean you, you know there's a little bit of mystery going on here and i and i did have they said how long it's gonna go do we know if is this like a long series they don't have a cap on issues right that they've revealed uh, 12 so after there's this 12. first six they're coming back again for the second six and that's it they're 12 it. is where it stops yeah and i was like and there's a ton of clues i also like you know you get a break from the uh you know they don't go too crazy with like you know the extra stuff like you know like watchmen if if I told somebody to read through Watchmen, they're going to get to the parts like the news reports and like the journal entries. And there's like a lot of text there. There's a lot of, you know, context in those pages here. I think they balance that like perfect, right? Where he, they have the pages where it's the audio logs and they're, you know, it's character dialogue Yeah, and it, but it's, it's short, it's simple. It adds what it needs, but it's not overbearing and there's not a ton of other, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, on watch when you're looking at some of these like newspaper articles and it's like, dude, this is like, you know, this is like two comics worth of, of material. I feel like in these two pages of a, you know, a little side thing you want me to read. Um, whereas here they add that stuff and it's pretty short. It's pretty sweet. It's not, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, but it also adds, you know, and I think it makes, um, the, the guy that's delivering the Amazon, the alien Zon or whatever he calls it in the book. Oh yeah. Right. You know, his, you know, his order list, you know, he's, uh, he's like, you know, don't judge me and all this stuff he's writing on like his, his things and his items he wants, you know, I, I think those are worthwhile to read through, you know, um, they're not just pages that I would skip or anything like I maybe would have prior. Um, yeah, I'm really liking it. I think the mysteries, uh, pretty good. Um, and I think it's funny how they're not funny, but I, th- I like how they're they're coming to the realization like you know there was weird things happening like why don't we remember certain parts of certain events but now we kind of do you know um 
yeah, I, I think it's it's been an entertaining read for me the whole time. Um, and it's not even it's funny these covers I think misrepresented a little bit because it, it, if you showed these covers, I think you would think it's more. I would almost put this more in like mystery thriller than I would. Yeah. If you look at these, you looked at these, you might think horror. You know, not gore, but like you know, more violence, but it's not that, yeah. you know, right. like there is definitely blood and there is things happening and, you know, they're in the, you know, they're in this place. They realize that they can't even kill themselves. And, you know, there is blood. One guy, like, you know, when he slices his throat at the yeah. table, you know, there's like crazy, you know, like pretty cool moments like that, uh, that they don't shy away from, but it's not like, you know, it's more mysterious to me, which is always entertaining. It's like, it's like, um, like silence of the lambs a little bit, not in that, like, to me, it's the thrill or the mystery of what's happening and right. trying to figure out how that's being played more so than like the violence or the, uh, you know, that those parts of those, of those movies. Um, same thing with this book. I am, you know, enthralled with the mystery and trying to figure out like, you know, and looking for context clues to figure out what exactly is happening. You know? Right. And this one, the artist on here is Alvaro, Martinez Bueno, and he actually worked with James Tinian or Tinian on yeah. Detective Comics. So they both they've been working together on um, Detective Comics. James James T- Tinian or Tinian also did something is killing the children, and that's one that I've been wanting to get to. And Department of Truth, which um, I think you would like Department of Truth a lot. Did you, did you start that one? I can't remember. I don't think so. Okay, that one is all about um, conspiracy theories. It's all about what if all the conspiracy theories are true and okay. what's going on behind the scenes. So that is one I would also recommend. But yeah. yeah, this book, all of the horror elements, all of the thriller elements of it are fantastic. I think the art is great. And this mystery is just kind of slowly, slowly unraveling. And we're five issues deep. The sixth issue sounds like it's going to leave off on a cliffhanger. We already know that, but what is the cliffhanger? So I'm just kind of anxiously uh, awaiting what's going to happen. So I'm, yeah. I've been enjoying it. I've been, it's been one of my favorite books to read every time yeah. there's a new issue. And I'd say if I have a fear for this book, it is whatever they reveal, right? Like, you know, they hint that it could be like an alien type of thing or like some kind of, you know, cause he mentions like you people or your people, mm-hmm. your kind or my people kind of thing. Like he mentions that it's like he, he might be like a different race or species yes, right. or something. Right. So they don't fully go into that, but it seems alien and they're referring to him as like an alien. And he does like very paranormal, you know, alien, like, you know, space powers, whatever you want to call it. Uh, right. Things like that. So I think, yeah, the only thing I'm worried about with this is the reveal. Cause okay. the reveal could, could ruin it for yeah. me. But I mean, everything else leading up to it is so good. I just don't yeah. want it to be like lost, right? Speaking um, of lost. <laughs> I did find out, I was just doing a little bit of research. It is pronounced Tynan, James Tynan the yeah. fourth. So you pronounced Another, it wrong like three times. That's how that. I've been pronouncing it in my head because that's how yeah. it's spelled is Tinian, yeah. but you it's Tynan. Yeah. You, know, you tried. I'll give you credit. I want to <laughs> apologize to James Tynan the fourth and yeah. James Tynan the third and James Tynan the second and James mm-hmm. Tynan senior. Yeah. I also want to mention real quick, the premise of this comic is very similar to a movie that I watched earlier this year called Happily with Joel McHale. Oh, and that oh. one is, it's listed as a comedy thriller, but 
I would say there is no comedy in that movie at all. So I don't know why it's listed as a comedy, but huh. very similar premise. All these people are brought together into a house or like um, a cabin and some weird stuff happens. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. They got IMDb listed as a dark romantic comedy. I don't know what is, first of all, I don't know what is romantic about it. And I don't know what is comedic about it, but I think if you like this kind of the, the vibe that you get from nice house on the lake. Yeah. Check out happily. It's not a great movie. I wouldn't say it's like fantastic, but it's that the vibe of people gathered together into a house and just some weird stuff is going on. So if you like that type of stuff and you like Joel McHale, you'll probably like that, but not Joel McHale comedy. This is Joel McHale drama thriller, Joel McHale. So it came out. You won't like it. You won't like it. Nobody will like it. I didn't like, I didn't like the lack of comedy. Cause when I saw Joel McHale, I was like, Oh, this is going to be funny. Yeah. And then it was like, no, it's not. Yeah. And just looking at this trailer, it does look like, kind of a like you just look at you know the images of, the, of this and it's like oh yeah this this does look kind of like right familiar to that or similar. so if you're interested check out happily all right so that's going to lead to our recommendations for this week and i wanted to recommend a couple comic book things surprise surprise mm-hmm. a couple comic book superhero things first off is marvel studios assembled which is on disney plus and it's kind of like a behind-the-scenes look at all of their shows that that Marvel's producing on Disney Plus. So okay, yeah, I didn't, I hadn't even seen this yet. Wandavision, okay. Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki have been had been released, and then this last week, uh, actually yesterday, I'm sorry, as we record this, yesterday, um, the making of Black Widow came out. So I would recommend. All of these have been great. I think WandaVision's probably been my favorite one, but Loki was actually pretty good as well. And this is the type of thing you would see on the DVDs or you know on the Blu-rays. Yeah. It's just a making of the whole show. I'm, so, I'm glad we're getting that because you know you think about like I used to listen to like DVD commentaries. Yes, occasionally I would, I would like that would be like like I'd watch a movie and then I would like, be like if I was bored and just needed like some background noise like I would listen to like the Kevin Smith movie like yeah, commentaries right. like I remember jokes from those. Yeah, and um yeah I'm glad they're doing you know giving us more DVD like features rather than because I never look at DVD features anymore I just never buy physical ever you know right right so I would highly recommend if you're into that kind of stuff because sometimes people just don't care about making of and behind the scenes, but I love that stuff. So this is right up my alley. Marvel studios assembled and it's very similar to the gallery, which yeah, is what they do an hour, around an hour long. Yes. Say, this looks right. like there's, it's not like a little 10 minute thing. Right. It looks like there's kind of plenty of content in it or whatever. The gallery is behind the scenes of star Wars. So it's all the Mandalorian making of stuff. So highly recommend the gallery as well. And then also this week, on digital, I don't think the physical's out for another week or two. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. The digital came out on October 9th. This week on physical, Injustice came out, which is the latest DC animated. And they, it's funny because in the description, they call it adult animated video on demand superhero film. And this oh. is based on the 2013. That sounds like a, like a, or a movie you'd order in a hotel. <laughs> you know? Well, it is this one it's crazy because DC has really been going adult. We talked about the black label stuff just now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the remember the Harley Quinn show? Yeah. And they're I like going, that. Yeah, know, they're going real that. hard R on a lot of their stuff now. And I feel like they're trying to use that as the excuse or like the the way that not the excuse, but what sets them apart from Marvel now, they're trying to be two things. They're trying to be more weird and they're trying to be more adult. And you could see that in actually just this last week on HBO Max, an Aquaman animated show came out. Um, I think it's called King of the Atlantis or King of Atlantis. And it's kind of like Adventure Time meets Aquaman. And it's just kind of a weird, and it has uh, Jillian Jillian Jacobs, who played Britta on Community. Mm -hmm. She's playing the main wife, Mara, of Aquaman. In this Injustice movie, she's playing Harley Quinn. I'm looking at the cast for this. Yeah, she's in this too. Which I didn't think that was going to work, but it... At, by the end of it, I was like, "Oh wow, she was a actually a good Harley Quinn," because yeah. I'm so used. You know, you're so used to her as Britta um, mm-hmm. from Community. This is completely, you know, outside of that. And this is very much Batman the Animated Series Harley Quinn. It's that type yeah. of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. But Injustice, for anybody who doesn't know, was a 2013 video game, and it was by NetherRealm. From there, the popularity of the video game then it led to well, there was a um, a sequel for the game Injustice 2. But then yep. also there was a comic book line and it was like year one, two, three, four, and five. So they did five years after the events of the game. Yeah. So I didn't read all of the comics. I want to say I was like, I read one or two of the years, but mm-hmm. I thought the comics really hooked me in and I didn't think I was going to like it. I think I checked out one volume from the library and I was like, oh, dang, this is actually really good. And I just kept reading it because it was interesting, the alternate takes on all the characters. Because basically the, the plot line is the Joker on this earth kills Lois Lane, who also has Superman's baby. She's pregnant with Superman's child. Joker kills her. And so that causes Superman to go mad. So he decides to kind of become a dictator, you know, military rule, everything is locked down, and then Batman is opposing him. Okay. So there's heroes that join Batman's side, and there's heroes that join Superman's side. They're like, all right, this yeah. is the, you know, this is my form of justice, this is your form of justice. So that's the whole premise. And from there, the video game was just kind of like an excuse to get all the guys fighting each other. Yeah, The right, comic yeah. book, it was, okay, th- let's see where we can go. And actually, the comic is by Tom Taylor, who's one of my favorite uh, writers right now. So I would, mm-hmm. I would recommend the comic. I'd recommend the game if you're into fighting games. Yeah. And then I would also uh, recommend the movie as well. So the movie yeah. actually goes in a different direction from the, the game and the comic. So it's, it's not just exactly reiterating. the same? Okay. Yeah, it's not rehashing it. So I would recommend Injustice. The only thing that kind of made me mad, um, there's like barely any extras on it. We just talked about that documentary series yeah. on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. L- normally, these DC animated movies, I've, I've purchased every single one of these, and there's like 30 at this point. I don't even know how many there are. Yeah, there's but a lot. normally, every single one has all these great documentaries about the characters, the comic history, the making of the, the movie, and then... They will also have a look at the next one, and that's where you'll see what I always loved about animated movies was watching the voice actors do the 
the actual roles do yeah. their performances. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on this one. The only mm-hmm. extra is this 30-minute roundtable with some of the producers, writers, and directors just talking about Injustice, which yeah. is, yeah, that's what I want, but I want more on top of that. And it's just, it was very strange. This one didn't even have one of the little short films that they always have on these DC animated. So I don't know what happened. If if it was probably COVID, I bet, is what caused it to not have more extras. Yeah. But Or we didn't need any more Ed Boon, you know? Oh, yeah. And, 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 and DC well, things, which is crazy to me. Like, you know, and just to, to tag on what you're saying, like, if you think about that, when that game came out, would you have thought, like, think about how much, you know, just if you're just in the peripheral of like comics and all this stuff, like how much you see injustice all the time, like it is, they are constantly putting something out with this stuff. Yeah. Like it has been a mainstay for a minute now. And that kind of surprised me. Like, you know, when I, when I, you know, if you go into a comic shop or you get on like comiXology or you do something like that, you like, you see injustice titles and you see these things like even so much. So they had Ed Boon at Fandome. Yeah. Like, when they were talking about it, it's like, I was like, I was like, this is crazy to me that he's like a DC guy now, almost, right? Like, it, right. he's like, you know, a mainstay of like one of their you know, major franchises. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in, in checking this out too. Yep. So that is what I would recommend. Oh, yeah. Real quick. Um, the voice of Superman is Justin yeah. Hartley, and he played Green Arrow on Smallville, and he's in that show, This Is Us. Not, my Superman. I don't think oh. he, is, he was a good fit for Superman. I'll just say that. And Batman was okay, but he's he's not Kevin Conroy, and he's not uh, my second favorite one is Bruce Greenwood. Um, so those are the only things I would say is 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 a little bit weird about it is the the voice acting, but everything else I would recommend check out Injustice. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of Seasons Change. Don't forget, you can always check us out on Twitter. I'm Vactor. My last name, Jeff, is Jeff W. And our podcast is Seasons underscore podcast. Don't forget to share us with all your friends and family. That actually really helps us out when you can share it. The word of mouth gets us kind of in everybody's ears. That's very good marketing for us. And then... If you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that will kind of get us noticed. That'll get Apple Podcasts recommending us and, and sharing us with everybody. So yep. that helps as well. Our boy Wonder Rob from the Geek So To Speak podcast, we got to shout him out because right now he's he's one of our only reviews on the show. So if you can, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. Don't forget, we're always going to come back week after week with what myself and Jeff W have been enjoying for the week. And hopefully next week, we're going to be talking a little Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. Video games. Hopefully too. We got some, yeah, we do have some games. Dang. There's, there's some more comics. There's some more games. There's a bunch of stuff after the Edgar Wright movie. There's Eternals. Yeah. Another Marvel movie. So there's a ton of stuff. You got some hitters every yep. every week. And maybe an anime segment, you know? Ooh. Maybe right? Maybe our friend Garrett and Bree can help us out. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much for enjoying us. As you always do, I'm telling you, you enjoyed us on the Seasons Change podcast. But I hear something, Jeff. Can, can you hear it? Yeah, what is it? It's the Seasons Changing. Shut up.